0: What's your favorite song? Anything by Beyonce. Are you, are you serious? No, that's <laughs> not true. I know what your favorite song is, and it's not by Beyonce, but it is by a woman from the nineteen eighties who made a uh, poor uh, yes. who, who made a poor choice in husband <laughs> and was ruined by know. that jerk. I'll say jerk as that's my four letter word for the podcast. Who was she married to? Bobby Brown. Ah, Whitney. Professor Rick. Professor Rick. Professor. I just called him professor, professor
1: Rick. Producer Rick got it. <laughs> Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. That is my favorite song. Yeah, I know I it is. I want to dance with some? Oh, we're not going to. <laughs> we're <not laughs> recording.
0: I'm going to call Rick <laughs> Professor Rick from now on. I just, it came out. It felt natural. felt really
1: good. Uh, <laughs> that so. is my favorite song. That is your favorite That's Especially song. for road trips and karaoke nights yes oh, yes love me some whitney houston want to dance with somebody
0: my favorite karaoke song is the foundations build me up buttercup
1: also a good I
0: one i love that song love appropriate it. for karaoke nights very appropriate for karaoke night. oh yes uh,
1: but not at mass
0: so we're going to talk about all of these things and more
1: uh welcome to ed talks i'm father dominic i'm Paul and eric and this is where we hope to inspire saints who inspire saints to build the kingdom of god amen so sacred music, Paul, tell us uh you know, what what tells what you want to tell us about sacred music?
0: <laughs> I will do that. That's
1: my that's the best transition I can come up with right now. Your
0: question is profound. I'm
1: still thrown off that we're not in our studio yet. Hopefully we, soon.
0: This is the second location for recording after yes, this. we're
1: not in the we're not in our conference room. Yeah. We're so now in the Rectory Dining Room. This is
0: the Rectory Dining Room, dear listener. Um, if you could see behind the camera, we are looking at a dining room table. It's a beautiful dining room table. The youth group, uh, actually Father Ha, Father, Father Dominic Ha, invited the youth group one Sunday, and he made Vietnamese spring rolls for the oh, youth group. Oh, you ate group. them in here? Yes, we did. Oh, nice. It was cool. They were very excited. Some of our youth group members who were not there that night, the fools, um, I told them about it, and they're... Sorely, sorely disappointed that they did not.
1: I'm sure there will be another opportunity.
0: Yeah, it was good. Anyway, so here we are, talking about sacred music. Sacred music. Sacred music is a gift. It is a, it, like all things that are beautiful, lead us to the divine, mm-hmm. right? They lead. Truth. They reveal who God is. Truth and beauty are mm-hmm. so intricately intertwined you cannot separate the two. And if you have something that is false and you wrap it with something that's beautiful, it cheapens the beauty of Mm -hmm. that thing, that that piece of art or that music or that poetry or whatever it is that you're talking about. And so when you introduce theological truths and wrap those truths in beauty, the beauty of, of sacred music, it is... It's profoundly uplifting. Mm-hmm. And I hope, dear listener, that you get a chance to experience this kind of music. And I fear, because I grew up and I'm still living in the same world that you live in, that we don't get to do that often enough. And so we, we want to change that. We do.
1: We do. So we're, we're getting a new missile. <laughs> This is a big deal. Uh, that you'll see in the pews as of the first Sunday of Advent, which is why we're talking about sacred music now. Uh, and the missile that we went with has um, music that is more theologically correct. <laughs> um, cuz sometimes, you know, you can have a song that has a very pretty melody um, but may just be a little off theologically. Some of the words. And yeah. the cooling uh, And the music should should be beautiful to lead us into a deeper relationship with God, and it reveals who God is. Beauty, beautiful things reveal God, um, but we also want to make sure that the the the, the lyrics that we sing or chant uh, have the fullness of truth to them as well.
0: Right now, this missile that we're getting is called Source and Summit. I'd never heard of this missile.
1: Neither did I until Richard, our
0: director of music, brought it up to us. He brought it up. He introduced us to this missile. And the cool thing was is that then, so dear listener, if you have a chance to look at, and even if you are, especially if you're at St. Ed's, because this is going to be our missile, but if you're not at St. Ed's, I recommend you look it up. Source and Summit. Cool missile. Very cool missile. And they've got all these testimonials from people from all over the country, um, including someone that I went to high school with, which is crazy. Kenny Colehouse, who is now the director of music at the college, the Catholic campus ministry, um, at my alma mater, George Mason university in Fairfax, oh, Virginia. Oh, who knew? Yeah. And another cool thing about sources of summit that we didn't know. Father Dom, you have a connection to the actual producer the, the, the brains the, behind it. Yeah. Uh,
1: he was my chant professor in the seminary, which is so which is
0: very odd. <laughs> It's the, cool. It's a
1: small Catholic world we live in, folks. <laughs> it only gets smaller.
0: But why would we even consider making a change, right? We've had the same missile for a long time. What is the, the impetus to change something that we've been doing for a long time? What, what, what are, What's the difference between this new missile and the old missile?
1: Well, uh, the, the hymnal that we—or the missile that we were using— um, I mean, it has a lot of the, the good old favorites in it. Um, it has very nice music. Um, but the missile itself, it, it doesn't, it's not focused on beauty. I think the, the missile that we currently use focuses more on trying to make as many people happy as possible. <laughs> <And> <laughs> From all the different spectrums of Catholic life.
0: And, and one thing is, right, like the the, the the truism is that when you try to make everybody happy, you make nobody happy. Right. And, here's, and every music director in any parish around
1: the world will tell you there is no perfect missile. That's right. There's no perfect missile.
0: But going back to something you said earlier, you you mentioned this word, chant. And mm-hmm. this is an important term because for Catholics, and I am one of these people, like we have had, and I'm sure you are too, growing up, our birthright as Catholics is access to this specific form of sacred music the Vatican II said yes, should have the pre- Second
1: Vatican Council said there's primacy to Gregorian chant like, in the
0: Mass. That is the thing that yes. we as Catholics deserve as a birth. This is something that is over a thousand years old. Yeah. It has been honed, it has been winnowed, bonsai, it has been made so beautiful, and it sounds like nothing else so when right. you enter when you enter into a church into a sacred space and you hear these tones musical tones and you hear these this kind of singing you are nowhere else other than a sacred place and in a sacred moment mm-hmm. and it is so clear like it, one, I, th- I read this one great article where they were like if you took away the lyrics you took away the singing and you just listen to the music ask yourself with this music would I place this music in an elevator at a pop concert at a broadway show in a church or on my fm radio and if you answered anything other than in a church it probably shouldn't be part of the mass right right like everything we are we are a physical being we're a body and a soul united and the physical leads our soul to the truths Mm -hmm. that aren't physically obvious right the physical leads us to the to the metaphysical and sacred music which
1: is the only music we should ever listen to at the holy sacrifice of the mass sacred music should be lifting our souls to heaven should lift us up um, to the higher realities and any music that makes us you know clap and giddy up in our pew and um, make us feel like Dancing, yeah, okay, it's peppy, and it might wake me up at 9.30 on a Sunday morning, Um, but the music at Mass is not supposed to entertain me. The music at Mass is supposed to lift my soul to heaven. The music at at Mass should be assisting in the rest of the liturgy and helping me commune with Almighty God and to know that I'm in his presence and that I'm surrounded by the angels and saints singing his praises forever in heaven.
0: Yeah, it's got to feel... Different and
1: and I say this as a lover of Christian rock and praise and worship music. Right, I love blasting K Love or the praise and worship, um, uh, the thing on my Amazon Music, the playlist. That's the word I'm looking for. I love blasting my praise and worship playlist in my car when I'm driving and and when I'm when I'm singing those songs in my car, I am truly praising and. Praying to God. I love praying with music. But those that music, as much as I love it, is not sacred um, and doesn't belong in the mass. That music, it yes, it, it helps me to pray, um, but it's it's there to serve a different purpose of me to praise God, where the mass itself as a whole is praising God. So praise and worship music is the music helping you to praise God. The mass in and of itself praises God and sacred music lends itself to allowing the mass to help us uh, to praise God perfectly.
0: Mass is different. It's not just a prayer meeting. It's not just adoration. It is a, the representation, right? It Mm -hmm. is, it is drawing us into the mystery of Calvary. It is a place of solemnity, and silence, and profound unworthiness. It's the fullness
1: of beauty, truth, and
0: goodness. Right, we are all together. at the cross. We are next to Mary and John and Mary Magdalene. We don't
1: have to do. We, there's. You cannot add anything to the beauty of the Mass. And Gregorian chant is intrinsically part of our right as as Latin Rite Catholics. A, and so we don't need to add. The praise and worship music you don't need to add um you know all this extra stuff the mass is perfect in and of itself and from the second vatican Council, before the second vatican council but the second vatican council second vatican council um restated that gregorian chant is intimately united to the holy Sacrament.
0: And so uh, one cool thing, one cool thing is that, uh, so Annie Waljasper, who helps with the youth choir. Shout she, out to Annie. Hey, Annie. I hope you're listening. Um, she works with people. As she, to, she was telling me how she works with people through music. Like musical therapy is kind of one of the things that she does. That's cool. Um, she does all sorts of things. She's kind of an she's an amazing lady. And she was telling me that tonally chant and kind of sacred music, it it hits people, it resonates with people in a different way than the tonality of pop music, the tonality of Broadway show tunes, the tonality of so much of these other things. And even hymns, the tones before, say, the latter half of the 20th century, the tones were actually different in a lot of the hymns. And so, there's a, there's, a, there's a very unique movement in the traditional way that we used to sing within the Mass. There's a couple of places where we sing the Mass. And I want to talk about these because this is another part where Source and summit's so cool. Talk about the propers for a second because that's something that I know is near and dear to your heart because when you, when you say the Mass, you say the propers. And I know you're supposed to, but not a lot of priests do so the the antiphons yeah
1: yeah um yeah so like the antiphons are these they're phrases really um many of them are quotes directly from the sacred scriptures um some of them are quotes of the early church fathers or of particular saints the majority of them come from the scriptures themselves um but they're they're meant to set a a tone, for lack of a better word. Uh, no pun intended. Um, cause I it's swear, okay. I say them at, at daily Mass, um, but they are meant to be chanted. Um, but they, they set the, the tone for the themes of that Mass, right? So,
0: How many um, are there in each Mass?
1: And daily Mass, there's two. There's two. When do they happen? There's one at the beginning and one at communion. Then there's technically another antiphon at the Alleluia before the Gospel or the Gospel acclamation. So I guess there's three.
0: Yeah. And, three. and these are not secrets. They are there. No, they're printed right in the Missal. Yeah. <laughs> well, right in, not in our current Missal, but in our new Missal. Well, yeah, the hymnal book. Very, in our new yeah. Missal, although on Sundays they are. They're printed. The Sunday antiphons are, are printed. But in our new Missal, we will see the antiphons for every single day. Daily Mass, every antiphon will be printed. It's so that even if you have a priest that doesn't say them or chant them. You can. Say you them can yourself.
1: Say them to yourself and read them. They're, they're cool. And you'll notice the antiphon uh, goes with the, the proper prayers for that day. Uh, and especially on Sunday, not so much during the week, but on Sunday and special feast days, they'll match with the readings as well. Yeah. So obviously, the gospel antiphon always has to do with the gospel being read. Um,
0: we are super excited about this new it's missile. Gonna
1: cool. It's going to be The missile itself is beautiful. Beautiful artwork inside of it. It's designed very well, better than the current one that we that we use. I'm so happy that Richard found this and, yeah. and brought it to our attention. God
0: deserves our best. And if you... He does. If you, dear listener, do not have... Well, if you're not a parishioner here at St. Ed's and you want information, reach out to us because we will help you. Well, the, the, Source and Summit's awesome. There are other great, beautiful missiles and he deserves our best. We deserve to worship him as the church has taught us. going to get more beautiful. And- Shout
1: out to Richard for all that he does and our beautiful choir for all that they do to lift our hearts uh, in song. They're, we got a great choir. They and Richard's awesome. are
0: beautiful. Yeah, they really are.
1: Well, this is Ed Talks, where we hope to inspire saints, to inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen.
0: Salve Regina. Salve Regina. I love that. Why
1: don't you sing that with nice. Oh, no, no, no. Ah! We want to keep our listeners. <laughs> Talk about some liturgical horror stories. Uh, so when I was <laughs> a kid in my home parish, we had liturgical dancing. And, oh, my gosh. Um, we no. did... Uh, we, have, we did this thing on special occasions where you would walk down, like, during the, the offertory procession where people would bring up bread and wine. Um, and I, I think it was definitely on Holy Thursday. Don't tell me
0: people danced. I think we
1: also did it on another—definitely Holy Thursday we oh did this. Gosh. We had—it was always a youth group, of course. Um, it, you would have—I think it was six of us, so three and three— and then three people would have like ciboriums of bread, and three would have cups that were empty. Uh, and then we would sing "One bread, one body," and they would like slowly like walk down the aisle during the verse. Then when it got to um, the the, ver- the the refrain, that we got one bread, then they would hold up the ciboriums. And then, like, turn out Sway. to, oh, is this whole choreography? Like, that sounds like thing. the Lion King. It oh, sounds like it was. a
0: bad version of the Lion King. The Mass is so much more than this,
1: people. It was at the time, <gasps> we thought, this is cool. We get a job during Mass. This is awesome. Look, we get to do something. And also, like, interiorly, it was like, people, like, we get to be the center of attention and people get to look at us. We didn't, like, we didn't say that out loud. But of course, that was in our, our thought. And you know how many I can think now of those people in that line and how many of them go to church regularly today? None of
0: them. It's so much richer. Because
1: we thought that my, my home parish, and I love my home parish, and I, I do accredit my vocation to them. But they had this understanding and mindset that we had to add stuff to the mass to make it better. They completely lost sight that the Mass is perfect in and of itself. And if we do the Mass beautifully, reverently, simply, and do what the Mass asks of us to do, the Mass speaks for itself and allows us to commune with Almighty God.
0: Say the black, do the red. There's no need
1: to add dancing and gimmicks and whatever to, to the sacred liturgy.
0: Yeah, so my mind is, I did not ever, praise God, I never saw or did liturgical dance. Um, But my favorite, or rather my, my most infamous song was The Lord of the Dance. You... Dance, dance yes. oh, I no. am the lord of the oh my dance
1: yeah. Oh that has got David Haas special
0: Even as an 8 year old I was like this is so dumb <laughs> Like I was I was horrified as an 8 year old I was like what are we, we doing I I
1: hope this isn't still the case cuz they have I have not heard that in 20 They years. have a different pastor now but there was I hope I, I hope I'm saying was with truth Was a parish in this archdiocese. That was their like prelude song every Sunday before every Mass. Oh my goodness. Lord of the Dance.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. That's
1: like how they got everybody in the mood to like pray the Mass. No. No.